0: You're listening to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Kartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today and for being a voice for the community and sharing your story. I'm going to pass the mic over to you and just kind of let you start your story and you can start wherever you feel comfortable.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. So um, my story is quite um, prominent in my mind and because my experience is quite recent. So today is five weeks and five days since my um, appointment with my doctor, when my doctor um, informed me that she couldn't see um, embryos. Um, at that same appointment, she also informed me that I was carrying twins. So it was, it was a real mix of emotions and feelings. Um, and at that appointment, I would have been seven weeks and five days. Um, I, during my journey, I found listening to other people's stories really um, healing and I found it very hopeful because during my trying to conceive journey and then during my miscarriage I felt very lonely and I kept looking at all the stats of how many people experience the same thing and I wondered why I was feeling lonely when I certainly wasn't the only one and there was a community of people out there feeling the same And as I started to share my story, mainly with people that I felt very comfortable with, my family and friends, um, I would hear other people's stories because by sharing, I allowed them to feel they could share with me. And sometimes it had been people that I'd known for a long time and I'd never known that this was part of their journey and their experience. So I decided to um, be here today, really, to help break the taboo so that we don't have to feel lonely and disconnected and we can make um, trying to conceive a miscarriage a part of our life as it is, and we shouldn't feel lonely. We shouldn't feel lost and isolated during those um, experiences. So my journey started um, in 2019, so at the beginning of 2019, when at that time I was single, and a friend of mine had suggested that if I was thinking that I would like to have children in the future, that I should maybe look at having fertility testing because at the time we were both 37 and she said that you know it's a good thing to do even if you're single so if there is anything you could be working on yourself that you're aware of it and I thought it was you know a good idea so I did that and when I had my um, fertility testing in January 2019 it came back fine everything looked fine but um, my doctor did inform me that I was anemic and then during the next five months, I met my now husband, and um, I also had some tests to find out why I was so anemic, and um, it turned out that I was um, I had a fibroid, and I didn't know how long I'd had that fibroid, but I was diagnosed in May 2019, and at the time, my fibroid was eight centimetres, which is quite large. Um, my doctor at the time, I was living in London, where, which is where I'm from. My doctor at the time said that um I didn't need to do anything and it was fine because lots of women have fibroids and you know you can go on and it can't it can if it doesn't if you don't have severe symptoms you can um just coexist with it um I didn't kind of that that advice didn't really connect with me because I thought I do have problems I'm anemic and um You know, I then through being diagnosed with a fibroid, I realized that my periods were heavy, but I didn't really know, which sounds crazy. But again, if it's something that we're not talking about and you don't have something really to compare to and you just get used to your own cycle and we're told that periods can be heavy, they can be painful. So we just learn to accept these things. Again, it's breaking the taboo about our monthly cycles and being able to talk about it. So that we can understand more because it can tell us a lot about ourselves and our body and what we need. So I went on my own journey of trying to look into holistic practices, thinking how I could shrink my fibroid. Again, I was um, at the time in my relationship. I was, it was a very early stage in my relationship. So I wasn't planning on trying to conceive. But I just wanted to get myself into kind of the best possible optimal health. And then um, COVID happened. So there were no checkups me to see if anything I was doing was working um, and uh, it wasn't a priority so I couldn't have a checkup or check if my fibroid had grown or shrunk so I just had to carry on with my practices and um, just really wait until I could get a checkup. Um, In that time, also during a pandemic, I moved to Greece which is where I now live and um, it was quite a big thing moving in a pandemic. And to a country where um, most people where I live speak very little English and I don't speak Greek. So there was lots of different challenges. And then we also went into a really strict lockdown towards the end of the year. So there was no chance of me finding a doctor yet here to be able to have um, a checkup. And time was, um, for me personally, time was ticking. So in January 2021, I was 39. And I decided that as my doctor told me that there was no reason why I couldn't try to conceive with my fibroid and I should be able to get pregnant, I would just try to conceive. So I tried for three months um, and I didn't get pregnant in that three months. Um, I realised three months isn't a long time to try. However, because of my fibroid and my age, I wanted to have a checkup as soon as possible. So it was then another process. So the first doctor that I went to see here in greece we weren't the right fit because his lack of english my lack of greek was a bit of a problem so my um partner found another doctor who i could try and i was really excited because she used to work in london in my local hospital and she used to work in the ivf department so that kind of you know really got my hopes up she's a fertility specialist so i went to see her and um she was amazing i had my um ultrasound to check my um fibroid and it's an internal and um it had grown so it had grown to 10 centimeters so I was like wow that was a bit of a shock because I tried many things to shrink it in my um experience now I believe that if you've got a smaller um fibroid you've got better chances of shrinking it naturally with a bigger one it's it's pretty hard so um she my doctor my new doctor informed me that I 100% needed to have a surgery to remove the fibroid. She said that my chances of getting pregnant with the fibroid were um, much less. There was a massive decrease in the chance is possible. Due to the positioning, it was possible, but it was a much decreased chance. And if I did get pregnant, it was going to be a really um, high chance of miscarrying. And um, I did manage to... Um, you know, hold my baby, grow my baby to full term, I was going to have a lot of discomfort and potential problems and I'd be very high risk. So all of those things made me decide that I did, I did need to go ahead with the surgery. Luckily, um, I was able to have the surgery just a month later. So I had the surgery in April of this year and the surgery went really well. Um, my doctor was really happy with it and um, she did tell me afterwards that I needed to wait six months for my uterus to heal before I could try to conceive. So um, during that process I felt a bit frustrated because I had to wait another six months and during that time I was also going to turn 40 but I accepted that's just the way it is and that's what I need to do and um, my doctor did discuss with me at the time thinking about freezing embryos um, as she put it as an insurance policy just in case that I needed to use them in the future. However. I looked into um, the process because I hadn't looked into it in much depth before and um, you know it's quite a thing to do so I thought I'm just going to wait a little bit and heal and focus on my mindset as well Um, because I think we need to remember that it's not just our physical body that goes through these things it's our mind and um, it's really important to look after that so I decided to wait and I'll see how it goes once I try to conceive naturally once I'm able to And then um, I also got engaged just before my birthday. So lots of nice things too. And um, my partner and I, we set the date for our wedding for October of this year. So I actually did recently get married. And um, then my doctor gave me good news that because of my surgery went so well and and there wasn't um, prominent scarring or anything like that. And I'd healed very nicely I could try a month earlier than she originally had said. So she gave us the go ahead to try to conceive in August. So we were really happy with that and we decided that we would try straight away. And um, to my surprise, we got pregnant straight away. So I was really shocked and really happy. And um, yeah, I just felt like everything had happened for a reason it should. And I was very grateful to the universe and to everything and just felt lots of joy. And I probably got a bit carried away, especially um, in such early days, because I was so happy. And um, Mike was more logical than I was. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was a really nice, it was a really nice period for us both. And um, then on October the 11th, when I went for my, um, so I went because of my surgery, I went for an appointment early. um, So I'd already had a scan with my doctor just shortly after I found out I was pregnant and um, she was happy with everything. I got my HCG levels checked. Everything was okay. She did give me some progesterone to take Um, and other than that, she was happy and I just had my next appointment um, scheduled to see her. So that was the appointment on the 11th of October and Mike came along with me, thankfully, because that was the appointment where, unfortunately, she could um, not see the embryos. Um, she was being hopeful and I feel that was potentially because I was so sad um, and I had to after the appointment I went to get my um, I had a blood test to check my HCG levels which was still very high and were looking good so that was good but I still at this point didn't feel hopeful and then I needed to go back a couple two days later to check if the HCG levels had doubled as they were supposed to and they hadn't so at this point, I knew for sure that, no, I, I had a miscarriage. Um, my doctor wasn't able to confirm it yet. She needed me to go back and have another checkup. Um, so she asked me if I could book the appointment for the 18th or the 20th of October. And I was very kind of mixed in my emotions. Um, obviously, I wanted to have the appointment, but I was also very sad that it was all going to come to an end. And... Also concerned about the next steps, which uh, I had asked about before. And she had informed me that if I had miscarriage, then she would suggest and recommend that I have a DMC. Um, And I was also, my wedding was planned. We'd already planned our wedding for the 17th of October. As we live in Greece and most of our family are in the UK and COVID and restrictions and lockdowns, we had decided to elope to Santorini, and celebrate in December with our family and friends. So because of this news, my instincts were, should we go ahead? I'm not sure because I feel sad. Um, And we discussed it together and we decided that actually it would be worse if we didn't get married. And um, we decided to go ahead with our wedding weekend. And that actually having that weekend was a bit of an escape. And it was a bit of a blessing because actually... I felt a little bit guilty but now I'm, I've made peace with it but I kind of forgot about everything that was happening and I was still kind of in a happy bubble um, but it was really nice because we got to have a really nice weekend and we got married and it was also beautiful and then we came back and the day after I had that appointment it wasn't really until we came back that the kind of reality has really sunk in for me so um, I went for the appointment and my doctor confirmed that we I had had a miscarriage. And I needed to you know, decide whether I would go ahead with a DNC or whether I wanted to miscarry naturally. This is where I found podcasts and other people's experiences really helpful. Um, and also talking to a friend of mine that unfortunately has had both natural miscarriage and DNC. And I decided for me, for sure, a DNC was the right, um, the right choice because I didn't want to, I wanted to have as much control as I could. And I didn't want to go through what I perceived as potentially a very traumatic, traumatic experience of miscarrying, actually. So I had the DNC just a few days later on the 22nd of October. And having had that procedure, I would recommend it if someone was listening and wondering what they should do, because, um, i my doctor's amazing. So it was a very, you know, she was very thoughtful throughout the experience and, I didn't feel anything during and afterwards, you know, I took whatever I needed to after for my aftercare. But the actual physical side of it wasn't the hardest part at all. It was the easiest part of the procedure. The emotional part was for me a lot harder. So it was afterwards that I began to feel a real sense of sadness and loss. It really hit me then because it was, I'd had the procedure. I was no longer pregnant. And, you know, I found that really hard to deal with um my husband had um bounced back much quicker than I did he felt very sad initially um but I think that for me it was good that we both didn't feel the same because he could be the strength um, for me when I needed it um and sharing with family and friends at that point was um really good for us because it meant that we wasn't alone anymore and it didn't feel so lonely once you could share And um, I started to find work really hard. I couldn't focus. I just felt like everything had gone back to normal, but I didn't feel back to my normal self. Um, And yeah, I just would feel that I would cry a lot and just constantly feel sad. And I'm a very upbeat person and I um, life coach people as part of my job. So to be in this position was quite challenging for me as well, but also quite um, now that I've kind of allowed myself to feel this quite um, transforming because it allowed me to grow more and also accept that this was a challenging experience that I was struggling with and I needed help so I decided to on recommendation from my friend that had had two miscarriages I decided to um, have a session with a counsellor that she used and she recommended and the session with the counsellor um, the first session was literally like it was like something had been like my heart had been like opened it had been lifted and I felt a little bit freer already just after one session and um, I've now had four sessions and um, for me personally as well it's just I just had the self-awareness to realize that I just reached my emotional capacity and I needed to be able to process and um, you know accept my grief and and go through those processes and allow myself to feel sad and be okay with that to be able to um, start to move forward and it's also helped me with my counsellor go through some other experiences that I've had in my life that I may not have um, processed so that I could process them to allow me space to be where I am at now and um, where I'm at now is that I am waiting now to have my first cycle, my first um, bill cycle, post-DNC. And I feel very positive and ready to have that cycle and to continue, like before, my, um, before the process I was, tracking my cycle a lot and very aware of where I was at in my cycle, and able to support myself through the different stages. So I feel ready to get back to doing that to make sure that I'm helping myself as much as possible. And um, I will also have contact with my doctor again. She would like me to have another blood test to check my levels, my HTG levels um, before giving me the go-ahead to try to conceive again. And I do feel at the stage where I'm ready to do that. And I know as well that I've got to this part in my journey where the sadness is not is no longer overwhelming, and I understand as well for me that there may be some triggers that I'm preempting, but it's okay if they happen, and I'm not going to allow them to happen so I can feel and process and then move forward, and also accept this is a journey now, um, and I'm not going to, you know, have five weeks of doing all of the things and way hey, I'm better. You know, it's going to take some time for me to um accept and understand and you know it's just a new it's like an as you evolve it's like this is the kind of the new in the way that I deal with things now and yeah I think that for me the key thing is for us to support each other and um allow for ourselves to heal and break the taboo because even since I've talked to some of my friends one of my friends shared with me that she had been trying to conceive for the last 12 months And, you know, she said to me, even though she's not comparing it at all to a miscarriage, she did feel that that was very lonely. And until I'd shared my experience with her, she hadn't actually, apart from her partner, she hadn't shared with anyone that she was trying to conceive. And I feel that when we keep these things in and, you know, we don't feel that we can share, um, it makes the journey and the experience so much harder than it would be if we could be more supportive and open um which is why I'm here and why I'm glad that there's podcasts like this for us to reach out to and you may know, be able to listen to other stories when we need that support and when we feel ready to able to share our own as well because when we all share as a collective we will be able to make a difference in breaking taboos and helping people and healing ourselves
0: yeah. Oh, that's so beautifully said. I could literally listen to your talk. You like have such a soothing voice that I know everybody, you know, even they can relate to your story. Um, the way you tell it is so beautiful in your perspective. I especially really liked you bringing up how you and your partner seem to grieve differently and how he you know, seem to bounce back faster, as you said. And and I think that that's something that a lot of women struggle with and they struggle with seeing their partner kind of handle it a little bit easier. It seems easier. Um And they probably feel super alone in that. And so I really appreciate you sharing your perspective on that, that it's more like one of you is the sturdy one to hold the other one up and you can kind of take turns leaning on each other. I think that that's a a really beautiful way to to think about it
1: yeah I think also as well what I am um, I kind of experience as well is um, I feel like for men as well they show their emotions very differently and um, again it's all about the programming and the societies that we live in mm-hmm. and also um, it is a bit of, they do obviously feel and have their own sadness and loss but it is a little bit of a different experience as well because you know if it's been you it's your body that's been changing especially with the early signs of um, pregnancy the symptoms that you would have so just you noticing and recognizing the differences in your body and then that changes and it's all your hormones as well and then you know when you actually have a miscarriage whether you have a procedure or you go through it naturally it's all of those feelings as well um you physically go through as well as emotionally in a different way so I think I understand that you're going to, even, the, even two, two women that go through the same thing are going to grieve and experience it differently. But for sure, I feel that men are going to experience it differently because it's a completely different experience for them. And I think as well that some men have the um, desire sometimes as well to try and be strong, especially if they see like their partner, their wife in pain and you know emotionally and physically you know I feel like sometimes they feel they need to be so I did invite him to let go and you know tell me how he felt and he generally just did feel you know that he'd kind of grieved quicker and got back to himself quicker which yeah it was a good thing.
0: Well in my practice I've actually talked to men after pregnancy loss and it's so interesting to me to hear them explain that they don't feel like they can put their feelings first because they didn't physically go through the loss and that makes me so sad for them because they're struggling in a totally different way and i think that men and women just i mean biologically it's so it's such a different experience that we can't relate to one another right and so yeah. all we can do is support each other but we have to know what the other one is going through in order to do that and so I think it takes time but I do think that it eventually you know they feel comfortable I find as time passes where they feel like they've given you the space you know the immediate space following the loss sometimes they'll open up a little bit more yeah I do have one question for you um I love that you you did the testing before you met him. And then, you know, months later you met him and you guys got married eventually. Um, did you tell him about the fertility testing and the fibroid and like any concerns that you had about that whenever you guys met or, you know, soon after you met?
1: Yeah, I did. So um, soon after we met, um, because I was having, at this point, I didn't know I had a fibroid. By the time I got diagnosed with the fibroid, we'd been together for like five months but in the early stages I did let him know that I'd found out that I was anemic and I said just said to him, you know, I booked a general fertility test because I just wanted to check my fertility and, um, you know, everything seems fine. Um, The only thing that was a concern was that my um, iron levels um, and that I'm anemic and I'm investigating to see why. So he was aware of that. Um, And as I got my results and stuff with regards to my testing i would share that with him too and when i got diagnosed with fibroid again i shared that with him um so yeah i kind of made him part of the process because i i feel like then it's how you feel supported and it's it's good to be as open as possible if you feel that you can be in your relationship
0: yeah well and um you know listening to your story my mom has fibroids and her biggest um like telling symptom, I guess is a a great way to put it is that she was anemic and she was like Mm. doing, she was eating iron filled foods and taking supplements. And she was still anemic, all of her tests were coming back, you know, with low iron. And so it was so interesting. And then she, um, had ultrasounds and she was 50 at the time of this and found out that she had fibroids, like I think she had multiple of them. And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's constantly been a problem for her. Um, and I wonder kind of like how you were thinking, like, how long have I had this fibroid? I, she's always been the type to like, no, I'm fine. Don't need to go to the doctor. And so I've always wondered how long she's had fibroids for. And, um, I think it's interesting that I hear multiple people say that being diagnosed as an anemic person was their first sign that like they need to have other testing and I I don't feel like that's talked about um, as often as it should be.
1: Yeah I completely agree and I think as well when you're a woman and you're still at the stage where you're going through your cycles Mm -hmm. every time you have a cycle you're losing a lot of blood and this is why you then become anemic Mm -hmm. and um, I feel that if we have more conversations about cycles and about what's normal and don't just kind of accept pain because some women with fibroids as well have a lot of pain during their cycle and again I was fortunate I didn't have any like extreme pain and just a little bit of cramping before but um again we just learn to accept these things and you know we feel like this is just part of being a woman and these like little things if we could investigate them earlier we could potentially find out things sooner I believe I have my fibroid for some time because i would had these periods for a long time the way they were and it was already quite large it was eight centimeters which is quite a big one so um, you can have like lots of little ones or even lots of big ones and depending on your symptoms and how they can be managed in your age um, and where you are in your kind of fertility journey as well would very much determine the um, care and the route that you might take once you get to the menopausal stage you will naturally start to be able to manage your fibroids will potentially shrink by themselves too which happens Um, but yes it's just even fibroids like it impacts one in four women but I didn't know what they were I didn't know about fibroids until I was diagnosed and it's just just women's health in general, I feel that we need to talk more so that we can understand more and um, support each other more. Totally
0: agree. Totally agree. Um, I know I started blogging about my infertility journey because I kind of had the thought of like, okay, well, I keep seeing these stats that other people are going through this, but I don't know anybody. And I felt so embarrassed is the word I always Mm. use that I wanted to be a mom and that I was trying so hard to be one and it wasn't happening. And so that's when I was like, I'm just going to start like screaming this from the rooftops that way, (laughs) like that embarrassed feeling will fade and I will feel maybe empowered by it and meet other people. And now virtually, you know, through like online spaces, I've met some of my closest friends because we bond over infertility and loss and it's such a beautiful part of the internet. It's like my favorite corner of the internet, but I hate that we're all here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a weird feeling. It's gratitude and like wishing that this community didn't have to exist, but I'm glad that it, it does for those who need it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Me too. Definitely.
0: Well, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that it's going to help so many people, um, feel free to share updates on your fertility journey as you progress and move forward. We're all hoping that you have a, a healthy and a long successful pregnancy in the coming months after this.
1: Thank you so much and thank you for holding the space.